Hola, cariño. Hola, amor. Y bienvenidos a Uy, qué horror, a Latinx Horror Movie Podcast with Johnny and Eileen. I had to burp. I apologize. <laughs> I was like, will we cut it? Will we not? Anyway, uh, my name's Johnny. Hi, and I'm I, Johnny. <laughs> and I'm Eileen. And we took a week off and you can tell. Uh, I feel like the last few episodes we've just been like, and... We're covered in madness, and yes. la locura Just me lleva in chaos the... central, fully, fully chaotic, as the the youth says. What do they say? Uh, chaotic. Dab. Oh, who fucking cares. <laughs> <laughs> that's what the yeah, youth says. <laughs> that's what they say. Don't you, youth, from two old farts? Uh, let's talk about why we took a week off. Yes. How about it? <laughs> oh my god. So, uh, uh, dab. We, <laughs> dab. We recorded an episode last week. It was the movie that we're going to talk about today, and mm-hmm. we did the whole thing. It was really fun. We had a great oh, we time. We had a great time. It was really great. And then we finished our call and our everything. I could start to shut everything down on my computer, and I press play just to hear what's up and uh i don't hear anything and i was like what the hell is oh. going on here oh fuck y veo que el micrófono no mm-hmm. estaba prendido and yeah. i flew into a rage and <laughs> mm-hmm. flipped a table ripped my hair out all that stuff <laughs> but it was a very chaotic week so yes. it kind of was like the universe saying Hey, this is okay. Take a mini break, you know, come back after Thanksgiving and everything will be chill. Yeah. So that's what we did. But that don't yes. worry. We're basically going to recreate it for you right now, right here. The same. It would be the same. <laughs> uh, but let's talk uh, briefly talk about why last week was so chaotic as well and why not recording last week was kind of a blessing in disguise because right. I am, I've said this. 15 times already, but you're going to hear it again right hey. now. So I am in A Christmas Carol over at Ford's Theater in Washington, D.C., and last week, I literally, it ended yesterday, not the show, but Tech Week. And for you non-theater people, Tech Week it's is like- Nightmare. It's, oh, it's basically like you're at the end of rehearsal, like the the however many weeks long process, and all the creative elements come together. And so, Lights, like, you know, sound, light, costume, tech. de todo. Everybody's oh. there. <laughs> Stage, Stage manager, manager being like, hold, director. go, do it, Vamos. say a line. Actors calling line, you know, just like all of the above, which also means that you're just standing around for hours and hours and hours and hours and hours. What so, a like, not having to focus on our beloved podcast, which means the world to me for a week was kind of like, I can just focus on this right now. But you, Eileen, did something very cool last week, which required a lot of your attention. Yes. So uh, our friend Jeffrey Craner from Random Horror Movie Generator number nine, Mm -hmm. who we had the distinct pleasure to go into the uh, his and Cecil Baldwin's podcast to like hang out. He very sweetly mm-hmm. reached out to us because he wrote a lovely novel yes. called You Feel It Just Below the Ribs and you know book release and a lot of people do like talks and go to bookstores and jibba jab about their book. Mm-hmm. 
And so he very sweetly asked us to moderate one of those things. And Johnny, unfortunately, had to be at the theater. So it was just me. And I had to, like, read this book because I wanted to feel smart and know what I was talking about. And I (laughs) procrastinated and didn't read until the last minute. So, like, I was grateful for the time. Because or else I would have had to, like, edit and read this book. And I... Absolutely. No. No, no, no. Because but, another reason why Eileen and I are the same person is because we love to procrastinate. Ooh, it just feels so good in the bones. Mm, uh, so good to be anxiety filled <laughs> at the end what of you, the day. What were you about to say, though? You're about to say something. Well, I, I was a lovely little like 45 mm-hmm. minute thing. Like it stressed me out so bad. And when I tell you that when if when we finished, I, the relief. Uh, that fell over my body was like I did heroin for the first time. <laughs> like I was like, sure. holy fucking shit. But the book is great. Yeah. Jeffrey Craner and Janina Mathewson are both adorable, sweet, lovely people. They wrote a lovely novel that lives in the universe of their podcast, which is Within the Wires, which they also write for. Mm. That podcast is based on found audio, and the book is... Uh, a found manuscript and it's very interesting it's about an alternate to an alternate 20th century uh there's a pandemic involved there's some mind erasure involved it's beautifully written and just a, a great great read don't procrastinate like us. <laughs> like and, us idiots. And please g- go grab that book and listen to Within the Wires because what a delight to have such beautiful words and have like a whole different world to be, yeah. like, a universe to be placed in. So totally. highly, highly recommended. Highly recommended by Wikiorror. Wikiorror says, read a book, you dummies. Uh, <laughs> Five uis. From Uikyorror. Well, let's talk about the movie we're going to talk about today. Okay, so the movie that I picked two weeks ago to fucking do mm-hmm. was um, we're going back to a good old friend. We haven't talked to him since uh, the early days of Uikyorror. Entonces, bienvenido to this main stage. Santo el, el mascarado hey. de plata. We're doing another Santo movie, but this one is Santo contra las mujeres vampiro. From 1962. Johnny, why don't you give us a fucking synopsis so we can get this ball rolling? Here we go. This synopsis is from IMDb, which Eileen lovingly thanks for providing us with, what did I say last week? Palabras. Palabras. (laughs) Here we go. A professor recruits a professional wrestler to protect his daughter from vampires intent on kidnapping her and marrying her to the devil. <gasps> Shocking. Yes. Yeah, that's pretty much what happens. Okay, so let's hop right in. Here we go. Santo Contra las Mujeres Vampiro, 1962 from Mexico, directed by Alfonso Corona Blake, written by Antonio Orellana, Fernando Oces, y Rafael García Travesi. Okay, here we go. Let's go. Filmadora Panamericana presenta. <laughs> we see Santo el Enmascarado de Plata with a Riddler question mark on top of yes. it. Because... Which makes perfect sense because 
His, we don't know who he is. Who is he? Who is Santo? We did not find out until, like you mentioned in the trivia in our previous First Santo, Santo episode, which, by the way, I took the time to re-listen to that episode. Oh. Um, and I was pleasantly surprised because that was back in our Zoom days. Oh, boy. Dude. Like, if you have <laughs> listen, listeners, if you haven't listened to that stuff, we recorded initially on Zoom, and it is rough. But honestly, I was like, this is... This is still pretty good. You know, we were finding our footing and the sound was a little rough. Pero you did mention that Santo did not reveal his identity up to like the very, very end. Yeah. So that Riddler question mark makes perfect sense. Who that be? Who Who that be? (laughs) We then see uh, Lorena Velasquez, Maria Duval, Jaime Fernandez y Agustín Benedico en Santo Contra las Mujeres Vampiro. We see the credits roll. A lovely uh, shout out to Estudios y Laboratorios Churubusco Azteca, yes. whom we yes. talked about in Esqueleto de Señora Morales. And I just have to say very quickly, in the credits, it says, Y la actuación estelar de Ofelia Montesco. I the mean... The stellar... Yeah. The stellar acting stellar performance. Ofelia Montesco. She's the only one who gets that little shout out there. Which, honestly, they're not wrong because it is absolutely... Absolutely stellar. Oh, just you wait. Just you wait. Just y'all wait. Entonces, pasan los credits. And in, when these credits roll, we see in the background that there is a huge, big, ominous castle mm. in the darkness amongst the woods. A wolf howls, which made me jump. Uh, <laughs> literally, I I rewatched the beginning today just to like refresh my mind. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And that wolf howl got me again, you, dude. That's like third time third time that that yeah. wolf got to you and we mentioned this in our previous recording but i'll just mention it again because nobody's heard that but <laughs> the <laughs> uh it sounds in this movie like you know this was this was released in 1962 but it sounds like in like 1994 somebody watched this movie or they were like we need to spruce this baby up a little bit so they got a sound editor in there just to kind of clean up some footsteps make them extra clacky like that yeah, wolf yeah. howl Make it pop, which means like every so often, yeah, you hear these sound effects where you're like, whoa, that's so clear. But aside from that, you are straining to hear things in this movie. It was a struggle for me. Yeah. Because there are no subtitles. At least I didn't have subtitles. I mean, this movie is easily found. It's on, it's all over YouTube. It's on Facebook Watch and shit like that. Mm -hmm. And there's also the English version because we'll see later that uh, we'll talk about how they brought Santo to the U.S. and they changed his name to Samson. And so there is the, so you have the option. If you want to watch it in Spanish, great. If you want to watch it in English, you got that too. But don't expect a subtitle anywhere because they're nowhere to be found. Yeah. Highly recommended in Spanish though because the, the, the it's just delectable. It's so good. Delightful. Totally. So we go inside this ominous castle that we had just seen, and it's covered in spider webs, abandoned. There's bats flying around. There's a freaking owl in there. Uh, mira, una cosa que me encanta es que estas películas mexicanas, they love to be like, hey, how do we create a space? Spooky. How do we make it real and uh-huh. living and all that stuff? And they love to just throw a live animal in there. They're like, here's a mice, here's an owl, <laughs> here's all kinds of fucking shit just crawling around. And you're like, okay. That <laughs> owl guess- is like, what the fuck am I doing here? He's just I like, know. 
Who are He's you literally people? looking around like, uh-huh? who? Who? Uh, who? Uh, quite literally, <laughs> who? <laughs> also, it it feels a lot spookier this atmosphere yes. than Santro contra los mon- monstruos, which was like yeah. just cheese fest five cheese central. Yeah. Now, now Santro contra los monstruos, which we did before, was in the 70s so Mm. that one is in color and this one is in black and white and it feels more legit in a movie way Mm -hmm. so actually spooky actually spooky we pan over to a portrait of a beautiful woman in a white dress and it's labeled Rebecca 1761 and then we hear a horrible scream and we're led into a catacomb where there's a coffin standing up against a wall and it begins to open. Inside, there is a woman. She's got long, horrible, dark hair over her shoulders and we get an up-close shot of her face and eyes and her skin looks like someone that's left a mud mask on too long onto their face and it's all crackly and like flaky but it looks really fucking cool no it's great i mean mean, yes mud mask like you wash it off and you're just fresh as a daisy but yeah the, the mud mask effect works where you're just horrified by this gross creepy long-haired old witch like that's what she looks like very much so it's great it's so good and then uh, this close-up of her eyes has her looking around the room which is also full of coffins and she looks down at the ground and there's one more coffin but this one has a big golden emblem on it of a horizontal crescent moon and on top of that is an outstretched like an open winged uh bat yes and on top of the bat's little head is a cute little crown and you're like oh okay king bat or queen (laughs) um so this woman from this coffin steps out of this coffin and she walks over to the one that's on the ground she extends her arms out and calls for sorina reina soberana de las tinieblas de las mujeres vampiro it's been 200 years 2400 lunas han pasado por las tierras which is I mean I've got chills <laughs> It's so A great good. way to tell time is yeah. 2,400 moons mm-hmm. have passed. Yes. It's somehow darker, you know, than saying like the suns. It's darker. Yeah. And like I said, when, it's witchier, yeah. creepier. Her coming out being like, Sorina, Soerana. <laughs> Again, delectable Spanish. It's just so like, good. It's delightful. Wonderful. And she, she says, now it's time for all the prophecies of time to be fulfilled. And all of a sudden, all the other coffins open. A bunch of other gross mud faced ladies pop out. And these are are Las Mujeres Vampiro, right? And they're all ugly and gross. Mm-hmm. They encircle Sorina's coffin on the ground and they all raise their arms <laughs> up, up to their sides. And obviously, because we are vampires, we have humongous capes mm-hmm. slash caftans. It's very <laughs> caftany. It's very capey. This movie uh, where it's fabric flowing everywhere. It's everywhere. very fun. The woman calls out again for Sorina Soberana de las mujeres vampiro the time has come for you to find your successor so that you may return y yo 
Tundra, la gran sacerdotisa de las mujeres vampiro, will complete my mission mm -hmm. finally. I'm going to feed you human blood, not just you, but you, my sisters. We're going to thrive as vampire women. Get ready. It's about to get crunk up in here. Now, when I watch this, like I said, it's very difficult to hear. Uh -huh. So you telling me all this, it's basically like I'm learning all this information for the first time. <laughs> Plus, you know, it's been a while since we've since I watched this movie, so uh, this is all fresh. Yeah, eh, yeah, yeah. Pero the the reveal that you gave that you just gave me with the fact that her name is Tundra is <laughs> so wonderful because I did not hear that. I did not Tundra. hear that name. Yep. Tundra. Tundra la sacerdotisa. Sacerdotisa. Oof, my God. Sacerdotisa. Great. So lightning and thunder hit this room and a shadow appears on the wall of a horned man with a goatee and long spindly fingers. Mm -hmm. And this is the devil slash Augusto. Augusto. They call him Augusto. Looked it up. Could not find a, uh, any history, a link, nada of the devil, like one of his names being Augusto. <laughs> like I got like Belial, uh, Beelzebub, all that right. stuff. Pero Augusto, I don't know where the hell they got them. And also I'm just going to plug our episode of Santa Claus right now because uh -huh. the devil look is very much like, in English, the the devil character's name in Santa Claus was Pitch. That's what I remember. Yes. Pero in, in Espanol, I can't remember what it was. Yo tampoco. But listen to our Santa Claus episode. because yeah. if listen you, to Santa Claus. Yeah. Not only because it's almost Christmas now, but yeah. also <laughs> uh, the shadow looks exactly like his what his shadow would look yes, like. Yes, that shadow. devil shadow. So, Augusto. And then Tundra says, El Señor de las Tinieblas. And it's almost like she's saying an Our Father, but instead mm. of, you know... <laughs> Our Father who art in heaven <laughs> is hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. That will be done. Uh, <laughs> just a Catholic bitch over here. Uh, instead of that, it's it's el Señor de las tinieblas. Protégenos con tus poderes. Make us invulnerable to mm. the attacks of the humans. Libérenos de las luz del día. And then there's a huge an another huge thunderclap and Augusto is gone. So Tundra walks out of this catacomb to another room where there's three men laying upon some slabs, it looks like, and they're like shackled to them. She turns over to a little window in the wall where the moon is shining and she turns to it and she calls out to the moon and says, Inundame con tus rayos and give me what I need to complete my mission and bring these three dudes into life because they'll be my servants and they'll help me fulfill my mission. Y de repente con un gran puff of smoke, la tundra se transforma and she is one of the most beautiful women I've ever seen in my whole goddamn life. The reveal here, I out loud, audibly just said, oh, because she <laughs> is so incredibly gorgeous and i don't know why i you know i was like at some point she's gonna change you know she'll like yeah. she won't be this you know horrible like decrepit person throughout this movie but i was not ready for this not prepared she no 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 so beautiful throughout this movie and just such a fucking good actress throughout this I, oh my god i live for her i live yeah. for her so good she's 
legit iconic. She has long raven hair, like mm-hmm. just beautifully quaffed, but also like up, like a half up, half down. So you really see her face, mm-hmm. which is like beat to the gods. Great she brows. Looks, she's got, oh my God. Uh, she's so beautiful. She's so gorgeous. A tiny little cinched waist yeah. in this fabulous 60s dress. It's white. She's yeah. all, we're all white, which I love that we didn't, have these vampires in black because usually it would be a black situation but oh no the women when we see them they're like grecian yes they feel like grecian goddesses totally yeah 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 looks fabulous so here we are just like blown away by the gorgeousness of fucking tundra and she calls out to these men on the slabs and she's like rise from your 200 year old sleep and they also have like muddy faces and like look like maybe decomposed or whatever and they also (laughs) transform and we can see their little vampire teeth popping Mm. out but they also (laughs) are wearing like tank tops and their arms are out muscle men (laughs) to the max muscle men these are our vampire wrestlers because obviously (laughs) these are wrestling men yeah lest you um, forget this is a wrestling movie (laughs) (laughs) and they have their little capes too and so they like undo their shackles with their strength and they follow tundra up some stairs (laughs) again everybody's got a goddamn cape on and they're all like walking with their arms extended put those arms out so i can see this fabric flowing behind you I must see that caftan. Where is your caftan? So they walk over to this portrait of Rebecca, and Tundra explains that 200 years ago, Rebecca was chosen by the Rey de los Abismos, the king of the abysses, Augusto. to be the successor of Sorina. But because of you, the three dudes wrestling vampires, that you fucking fucked up and we weren't able to do that because at the time, an extraordinary being dedicated to the greater good made us fail. Hmm, wonder oh, who could that be? Who could it be? Question mark. Question mark. <laughs> <laughs> but her beauty has been reborn in one of her descendants, in one of Rebecca's descendants. And tonight I'll show her to you because on her 21st birthday, we have to get her into this grand ritual that they're going to do. And if you fail again, you fucking pricks, I'm going to fuck your shit up. And uh, verbatim, that's actually the <laughs> Uh, she breaks out of her Spanish and she says, and says if I'm you fucking fuck fail you, you fucking pricks I'm gonna fuck your shit up I'm gonna fuck I was so shocked up. I was like oh well what a choice to break out of your Spanish to deliver those lines still so beautiful <laughs> though what a beautiful gorgeous. face <laughs> and then she's like now me and my hermanas vampiro we need blood human and young seguidme <gasps> Which is the best way to say, follow me. Seguidme. (laughs) And they all transform into bats and fly away. I'm just going to start shouting that on the streets. Seguidme. And see what happens. (laughs) I'm just going to see what happens. I I bet you at least two people follow you. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. So now we hear a piano and there's a beautiful woman playing it. And this is Diana. And Diana is playing for two random dudes there, uh, which we find out the older one is her dad, Professor Orlov, and the younger one is her fiancé, Jorge. Suddenly at the window, four bats appear. Wonder who could that be? Mm. And Tundra transforms and... 
with her eyes, she like hypnotizes this young woman at the piano. And we see that there's like a, a zoom in into her eyes and they use lighting to like brighten and then darken. And then she would widen her eyes when it would be bright yeah. and squint her eyes when it would get dark. And that's the hypnotizing that's the effect hypnot- yes. on Diana. Yeah. Cause we see her, we see Diana on the piano get a little woozy and like kind of sleepy. Yeah. She's still like banging out a tune. She's like ding, 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 oh, ding, ding, ding. But the talent. Dormida. <laughs> She's like dormida. And I also just have to say, Diana is also just a stunner, and I'll equate it to the women in El Esqueleto de la, de la Señora Morales, because in that movie, every single woman just took your breath away. Yes. And it reminds me of that, where they're just all done, and the hair is like dated, but good. Yeah. And just on point. Yeah. Ugh, She's they all look so good. fabulous playing this piano. Yeah. She finishes playing, she gets up and she walks over to the window where the bats or Tundra was and she looks like she's kind of in a trance and then suddenly Tundra and her three dudes fling their capes over their faces and disappear. Work that caftan, bitch. And so Caftan cover. <laughs> so the two uh, Professor Orlov, her dad, and her fiance Jorge walk over to her and they're like, What's going on? Are you okay? And she's like, This is really weird. It feels like someone was calling my name from far away. Mm. And then her dad, Professor Orlov, is like, Oh, well, you're a woman. It's probably your nerves because you're a woman, right? You fucking woman. <laughs> and you're just, it's got to be your nerves. Yeah. Because you're a woman. You're a That's nervous the, woman. Every, listen, and it's your nerves. It's, it's going to be your nerves. It's your nerves. Any single thing. It's your fucking nerves. Yeah. And and she turns around and says, you know what, Dad? You're right. It's my fucking nerves because I'm a woman. <laughs> and. Uh, <laughs> oh, God. Then she turns to her fiance and says, hey, babe, don't forget that tomorrow we announce our engagement. I'm sorry. <laughs> and, and. And. And, you know, we're celebrating my birthday. Yeah. Don't forget. Don't forget. Don't you forget. Don't forget tomorrow. We're telling people we're getting married <laughs> and we're joining our vows. We're doing a thing that is very important. Don't forget it. And also, it's my 21st birthday. Don't forget that either. Yeah. Honestly, I wouldn't put it past Jorge to forget. Yeah. I wasn't crazy about that character. Yeah, that guy anyway. fucking sucked. And so, <laughs> El Profesor is like, yeah, but maybe you should stay in tonight. You seem fatigued. And Jorge's like, yeah, stay in, but guess, remember, your nerves. your nerves. And But then Jorge's <laughs> like, but also remember, once we're married, I'm the one that's gonna give the orders. Right, Professor? And it's like, Ew, uh, guys, can you, can you let me live my fucking life? Gross. <sighs> And she's like, okay, well, I'm a woman, so I'm going to say goodnight. So she says goodnight to Jorge, goodnight to her dad. And when she turns to say goodnight to her dad, we see that on her left shoulder at the top, there's a birthmark. And it's in the shape of a bat. It looks like a tiny, teeny tiny, like one of the ones you get in a in the machines where you're like, oh, my, yes, my like press a stick on, on tattoo. tattoo. Yeah. yeah. I mean, they could have done something a little bit more to make it look like a birthmark. Yeah, but you no. see that and you're like, did this woman have a past and like some, like, I don't know. Like yeah, did she go to jail or something? Or something? I don't <laughs> fucking know. Yeah. Like, what is, why does this woman have a full bat tattoo on her arm? Totally. Yeah. So 
Jorge is getting ready to head out and he says to the profesor, he says, Mira, you seem a little anxious. And the profesor brushes it off. And as they're getting to the door, the butler welcomes in El Inspector Andrade. They say, what's up? And it's like, hey, are you coming to our costume party tomorrow? And he's like, claro que sí. Voy a llegar vestido de Sherlock Holmes. And you're just like, okay. Clever. And Jorge leaves and El Profesor y El Inspector go to his office. And in this office, el profesor tells the inspector, this is really, el so, profesor, inspector, el inspector, profesor, <laughs> todo. Sherlock Holmes. <laughs> in the office, el profesor tells inspector that Diana's in danger, but he can't really tell him like the details of why she's in danger. Mm. But it is something terrible y espantoso. And tomorrow at the party, if he could show up with some extra dudes to protect Diana. And then the inspector is like, I don't know what's going on, but sure, I'll show up with some guys. Bye. So he pieces out. Y el profesor se va a su mesa. And he pulls out a bunch of like pamphlets and like scrolls that have a bunch mm -hmm. of hieroglyphics on it. And with a big ass lupa that I don't think he needed because the hieroglyphics were pretty big on their own. Huge. Humongous. Huge. <laughs> but he's like, I need my lupa. He reads that after 200 years... Tundra will take her revenge on the descendant of Rebecca. And this descendant will inherit all the beauty that Rebecca had. And once she turns 21, she will be initiated in the dark rituals of Las Mujeres Vampiro to become the successor to Sorina. And on her left shoulder <gasps> will be the mark of the vampire that will seal her tragic destiny. So in her bedroom, being a woman, Diana gets ready for bed. She's very glam. And she's like brushing. She puts on a full face for bed. Like, truly. Like that bitch is like my eyeliner. My thing. Yes. She is wearing another type of caftan, just like a silk robe flowing behind her. She's brushing her sweet little hair at her vanity. She pulls down her robe and she looks down over at her bat birthmark. And then she looks back into the mirror. And reflected in there, in the window behind her, is a horrible face. And she screams, a horrible, horrible, white face. And you can't quite see who it is, what they it really is. They never zoom into you it. It's not so creepy. In. So your imagination does the work for you. We're just like, what is that horrible white face back there staring at it her? Gave me, it gave me um that moment in The Exorcist where we get the quick flash of yes, the face. totally. Holy shit. It might as well be that horrible face. Honestly, I was like, is Staring it? at you through the window. <laughs> the devil is yeah. here. Poor Diana being a woman. She screams. And... Uh, <laughs> Jesus. Um, her nerves. And El Profe <laughs> runs into her room to check on her. And she tells him what she saw. And he's like, girl, again, your nerves, your imagination. And she's like, no, dude, when I was playing the piano, I felt something. And just now I saw something like it's mm -hmm. not my imagination. What's going on? Stop gaslighting me. Let me feel my feelings. I'm afraid. And the prof is like, you're fine. Don't worry. I'll leave the door open. I'll be in the library. Try to rest. Okay. He goes downstairs, <laughs> back to his library, and he turns on a giant radio that has an antenna that is just like twirl. I'm like, what is this satellite in your library, sir? <laughs> it looked like a fucking theremin. Like he's about to just start to like, be like, yeah. and 
honestly, music. the antenna when he turns it on does make a sound yeah. similar to that. So maybe it was a theremin. And then he turns to his wall where there's a big ass TV like embedded into the wall. And it has that like 60s vibe of like rounded corners and big knobs. Yes. And you know when it, yeah. when you saw like sci-fi in the 60s on yes, TV? That's totally. what it looks like. So he turns on the TV and we see it like kind of does like a, some some staticky stuff and it turns on and it looks like there's an empty lab on the other side. On the screen. Yeah. Mm -hmm. There's a radio that looks like El Profesor's in this lab and has also a big yeah. antenna turning. There's like a, a desk, a thing, machine stuff. Yeah. It's like an empty like lab. The prof grabs, <laughs> he grabs the huh. a the talking end of a CV radio, like yeah, a breaker yeah, yeah, breaker yeah. one nine situation. <laughs> and uh, he CV or CB girl. I Perate. have absolutely no clue. Googleemos. Truckers of the world. CB radio. I'm going to say CB. Yo creo que se ve. Yeah. CB, not V. What the hell does that stand for? Citizens Band Radio. Oh, okay. There you go. Wow. Entonces, agarra su CB radio, Breaker Breaker 19, Santo Santo, come in. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> it's at this point that I thought to myself, oh, right. This is a Santo movie. <laughs> We're 30 minutes into this movie, and this is the Fully. first moment that we hear yeah. of Santo. So, so basically, what we're seeing on this screen, on the Profesor's screen, is Santo's bat cave. Correct. Basically. Yes. That's what we're seeing. Absolutely. So he goes, eh, Profesor Orlov llamando a Santo, llamada urgente, te necesito, Santo, mi hija corre un grave peligro, come and see me as soon as you hear this message, you're the only one that can save her, over and out, click. <laughs> Boom. <laughs> and... <laughs> And finally, we get what we're here for, uh -huh. a santo fight. So now we're in a wrestling ring. Finally. We see the squared circle, which is what a ring is called. And uh, it's a tag team fight. So it's two dudes against santo and a friend. Santo and friend versus two dudes. The crowd is going wild when Santo's introduced. They're like, Santo, Santo. The fight starts and we're punching and a flinging and a rolling and a jumping and a headlocks and knees to the face. Slams to the ground. Jumping from the ropes. The whole thing. It's a fucking great yep. fight. The Santo and his partner win. Just want to let everybody know that the fight starts at 26 minutes and it ends at Hol 34 minutes. So it's like Holy a, shit. It's like a fully like like a 13 minute long fucking fight. Yeah. It's a lot of flipping and a flopping and a flipping and a flopping and a flipping and a flopping and a flopping. And I, I like you're definitely the wrestler, wrestler and wrestling fan here. You are a wrestler. Yeah. Uh, for me, I'm like cool, and then I start to just kind of glaze over. Right. But I don't understand how people do not walk away from this shit with their third disc just. 
popping out of their spines. <laughs> it's amazing what these people are capable of. I highly recommend. I just started watching it yesterday with my cousin Gabby because I'm still in California. Right. And so we were watching. There's a show called the on Vice called The Dark Side of the Ring, <gasps> which if you want to see some, if you want to see dudes being fucked up for fighting for so long, watch The Dark Side of a Ooh. Ring. It's great. Have you ever seen? Uh, the wrestler with uh, never seen Mickey. And... I almost said Mickey Rooney, not Mickey. Mickey Rourke. Oh my Rooney. god! If it had been <laughs> Mickey Rooney, that I'm, I see it in my brain right now. That would be just this hilarious tiny, and old, just bald head, like running so around. stressful. <laughs> I wow! Don't break I picture him. the the Golden Girls version of Mickey Rooney. Absolutely. But in that movie, mm-hmm. I mean, I only saw it once years ago. But they do give you like an idea of like the shit that the body goes yeah. through when you're a wrestler. It's fucked. Oof, it's man. fucked. Yeah. So anyway, Santo wins. The crowd runs into the ring and they lift Santo into the air. It's very thrilling. And now we're outside of a, a club. I thought it was a restaurant at first, but we find out later that it's a club. So here we are at a club. A bat flies by. And right before we see a couple exiting this club and going out to their car. Pero de repente, out of nowhere, viene corriendo la tundra. <laughs> and she karate chops the shit out of the lady of this She's couple. Got moves. Esta brother, moves. And fucking that lady falls to the ground. The three vampire wrestlers grab the man and run away with him while Tundra chomps down on this lady. Now, you know, this is 1962. The teeth, you'd think they'd be like some of the the lesser characters, like the background, like me, the mm-hmm, other vampiros, mm-hmm. you can tell their teeth are kind of shitty teeth. They're like, here's some shitty teeth. Sure. But they found, they did a good job on her teeth in this. And it looks like she's it's legit great. biting down into this hoe's neck. Yeah, it's good. Yeah. The, the This effect here that they did. Not even an effect. It's just like, it's just good. Yeah. It works. Totally. So she chomps down and a security guard from this club comes running out and he like is like got a gun. He's this tiny little Mexicanito like, ¿Qué está pasando aquí? And uh, Tundra does like her smizing action and hypnotizes him. Uh-huh. And then she turns into a bat and flies away. Now we're at the coroner's office and the inspector, he's like looking at this dead woman with the two holes in her neck and the fucking coroner is like literally joking like, uh, it's like a vampire sucked her dry, am I right? And everybody's like, yeah. <laughs> and the little security dude is like, bro, I literally told you that is exactly what happened. Vampires came, yeah. chomped on her neck, turned into bats and flew away and everybody's like, okay, crazy. And literally they take him away, like drag him, yeah. lock this guy up because he's crazy. And he's like, bro, I know what I saw. How dare you? Kind of thing. <laughs> As I'm being dragged away. Yeah. The thing about the Santo films is that when I saw Tundra attack those people outside of the club, I thought it was going to be the kind of thing where they were like building their ranks or building their army of vampires mm-hmm. because that's uh, oftentimes what happens. You right. know, like you get bitten, you turn into a vampire. But these people are dead. Like, they're straight up in the morgue. Yeah. And it's in Santo movies, which I don't find 
scary. Yeah. There are these moments that are actually dark, like this moment where you're like, oh, damn, she just drank their blood and killed these people. It reminds me of the the one that we saw earlier, the the Santro with the monstros, uh-huh. where the wolf man just like attacks that fucking family, yeah. remember? Yeah. And you're like, holy shit, he just killed that entire family. For sure. It's crazy. Yeah. So you have these moments of actual real darkness in here. Totally. You know? Totally. So now we're back at the vampire castle and our three wrestling vampires have shackled this man that they kidnapped onto one of the slabs that was in the castle. And Tundra and the other mujeres vampiros are again surrounding Sorina's coffin. And the lid slowly opens and there lies Sorina looking (sighs) dusty and crumbly and (laughs) mud masked, fully mud masked and like holding a little bat, like almost like, oh, she's snoozing. Let's give her a little bat. I need her to sleep. I can't sleep without her. My stuffed bat. And so (laughs) she opens her eyes. She rises from her coffin with help of her mujeres vampiro sisters. And they lead her to her throne. And Tundra goes over to an alcove legit in the most casual manner like nothing grabs a fucking humongous snake off of a goblet chucks it to the side like who cares and like you can tell it's a Get real here, fucking Peter. snake yeah that thing that is a that is a real snake that she just grabbed and tossed yeah peter get no. the fuck out of here i told you to stop <laughs> hanging out on our goblets and so she grabs the goblet she walks over to the room where the man is shackled and she holds up the goblet to the moonshine and she says it's time for the supreme sacrifices tu victima Esta lista. And she takes a chomp out of this man, but just to like open up his neck so she can fill up this goblet. Once she does, she walks away and the three wrestling vampires lift this man's dead body above their heads like the three dudes and then chuck him into a fire and set him ablaze. (laughs) Goodbye, sir. Goodbye. I don't think he was even dead yet. No, that they, goodbye. Yeah, they said we've got what we need from you, a bunch of blood from your neck, and now you're going into the pit of fire, homie. You're burnt to death. Yeah. Bye. See ya. So Tundra back with Sorina on her throne. She gives her to this goblet to drink, and all of a sudden that muddy bitch transforms also before our very eyes, and another beautiful raven-haired woman appears in another white dress, but this one, she's got a mole on her chin. She's, again, uh, like beat to the gods, glamour. just like glamour, okay? We're yes. talking- My notes, I just said, she's gorgeous, and I mean gorgeous. Truly. Just so beautiful. It's un- unbelievable how beautiful these people yeah. are. And she's got a little, you, you know she's la reina because she's got a little crown, yeah. a little diadema on her head. So she tells Tundra to feed her sisters and then all these other horrible women drink from the goblet and one by one they transform Bam. into Bam. beautiful Bam. women all in white dresses, all Stunner. gorgeous, all just Stunner. like bang. Another stunner. Exactly. And then, and this is what we mean like by them being 
all together being Grecian goddesses Mm -hmm. because that's what it looks like. Again, what a great choice to have them all wear white. Love that. Yes. So when everyone is done turning into a fucking supermodel from drinking from that goblet, Sorina (laughs) asks Tundra if she's seen who her successor is. And Tundra's like, ooh, girl, she is pretty just like you. She's got a vampire mark on her shoulder. And tomorrow is her 21st birthday. She'll totally be ready for this ritual. And Sorina's like, great, because there's only a few moons left for my queendom to end. And I have to return to the depths of the abyss to my husband, Augusto. So we need to get somebody to be here in my place. Mm-hmm. So if you fail again, Tundra, my vengeance is going to fucking fuck you up, homie. And so Tundra's like, don't worry, I got you. I'm going to, I got you a great gal. Don't worry. Again, this time, what is her name? <laughs> Sorina. She breaks out of Spanish and she says, my vengeance will fuck you up, homie. <laughs> That's what she says to her. So we see El Profesor at his desk. He is fucking going through it. He is fucking stressed the fuck out. Outside of his window, a bat appears and it's Tundra. And she tries to hypnotize him, but she's and, but he turns around and he's like, En el nombre de Dios. And she freaks out and flies away. But just at that moment, ¿Quién, can, quién entra? Claro que sí, el santo. He looks like a teeny tiny man in comparison to El Profe because El Profe is kind of tall and skinny. And Mm -hmm. here comes Santo, Mm -hmm. like short and stocky. Buff as fuck. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. uh, Just a a wee thing. Yeah. And he's like in his wrestling outfit, which- This is something I missed (laughs) from the one that we saw earlier. Because the the 70s one, when you see Santo, now he is on vacation. Yeah, he's about to go on vacation. He and Blue Demon Uh are about to go on vacation. So maybe that's like, okay, well- this is our time off, Leisure so we don't wear. have to be in our... Exactly, which th- it was like a a mock turtleneck mm-hmm. thing, beautiful pastel colors to the skin. Yeah, like tight <laughs> clothing. Oh my God. And they, they looked so good. Still with the mask on, of course, yeah. but the looks were so good. And in this one, he looks great. He's muscled, oiled, beautiful cape with a wonderful kind of like spider webby uh, it kind of looks yeah like a weird pattern on it webby pattern i'd say but like beautiful. sparkly yeah like silvery thread mm, it seems mm-hmm. but i did miss yeah the mock turtle we want to we want to see casual santo like he wouldn't be showing up at people's yeah. homes like fully i'd love to see him in a caftan of honestly I mean, throw a caftan on him santo this movie is about caftans so <laughs> Here he comes, and he and and Santo asks el profe, "Aha, qué está pasando?" And he explains about translating these manuscripts that he has and that he inherited many years ago, where Diana's horrible fate seems to be written in them. And Santo's like, "You haven't found any clues or something that can help us stop this." And el profe is like, "Yeah, but you know what? It's been very discouraging, and honestly, I've kind of lost all hope." Mm. And in the scrolls that he's been studying, it says that our era has a good chance for the resurrections of monsters on the earth because men are hell bent on destroying each other and they will use a great strength from nature selfishly. And El Santo uh, turns around and he's like, kind of like to himself, he's like, energia nuclear. Yeah. So 60s. 1960s, the fear of nuclear war is going on big mm-hmm. time. And so El Prof is like, yeah, 
that's true, but there's something even more pressing be- than nuclear <laughs> devastation. <laughs> he goes, remember when I told you about that ser extraordinario that saved Rebecca's life all those years ago? Turns out that he also had a descendant, and that descendant is you, Santo. Wow. Oh, but shocker. shocker. But he's like, but also you may not be able to help Diana because all the powers of evil are joining against you. And Santo's like, well, I still got to keep the legacy of my ancestors by fighting for good. So don't worry about it. I'll still do the, the gig. And he says, okay, so vampires hate sun. So they probably have a lair that, you know, is kind of dark and spooky and we can probably find it and surprise them <laughs> and destroy them. And El Prof is like, yeah, some of these symbols in my manuscript seem to say that. But that's the part of the manuscripts that I can't decipher. With my enormous lupa. With my lupa. So now we're at Diana's Fiesta de Disfraz. And everybody is waltzing in their weird costumes. We got a Three Musketeers situation. We got a Nutcracker vibe. Diana is Sound of, mu- well, sound of Music. Sound of Music. She looks like a tiny German yeah. peasant. And we're like, okay, cool costume, sure. bro. And Jorge is a Russian man, is a what I'm going to say. A nutcracker for me. A Russian man. <laughs> nutcracker. Uh, <laughs> so they're all waltzing. What a boring party to have to like go to and waltz. Boo. To fucking waltz? No, thanks. How dare you yeah. invite me to this party? <laughs> you're 21, bitch. 21? You're 21 and you're making me waltz? How dare you? If I showed up in costume to a party, like I'd be so excited. I love a costume party. So fun. And there, uh, people are waltzing. No, me voy. Adios. Me voy. Adios. Let me grab a drink first. <laughs> I'm, I'm taking a drink for the road hoe. Shit. <laughs> Entonces, también vemos que there's a bunch of security all over in every door. There's a bunch of dudes there watching out. But we see in the window that here comes Tundra. And on the dance floor, Diana starts feeling dizzy and funky. Outside of the party, though, two people are attacked by the three wrestling vampires. And, like, legit, they strangle the shit out of one of them. Yeah. Like, strangle. Full murder. Like, full murder. And I'm like, bro, you're a vampire. Bite that dude. But no. Hello. I'm going to strangle you. Can you can get a, a nice free meal right now. But you're going to strangle? Which sure. Tundra does do. She's like, well, I guess I'll bite mm. this next. So she does. But then one of the vampire wrestlers grabs the invite from the corpse of one of those two people. So Diana, after sitting down and trying to feel better from feeling dizzy on the waltzing floor, she gets up again with Jorge, her fiancé. But then at the same time that we see that who walks into the party with their fake invite, but Tundra (gasps) and one of her wrestling dudes. This wrestling dude, I'm going to call him Arms Magoo, okay? Because his arms are out. Absolutely. (laughs) So the security guy is like, hey, uh, can I just double check your invite? invite a little and she hypnotizes him and he's like oh you're cool come on in fresh take a bev whatevs and uh (laughs) tundra starts to waltz with arms magoo and diana and jorge her man take notice and she goes and jorge's like i don't know dude but she hella fine he's like his face I can't deal with his face no. because he's got he's got a perpetual perpetually like upturned eyebrow yeah. and he's given me a lot of like pouty mouth like who's yeah. she over there ooh, ooh, ooh it yeah. just 
I I don't like it. No. Love. No. But Tundra gives him some eyeballs and kind of like hypnotizes mm-hmm. him and Diana at the same time, making Jorge come to her. And then Arms Magoo scoops, scoots on over to Diana and they each start to waltz together. Mm-mm. And Diana is kind of like in a trance. She seems kind of like sleepy again. At the bar, El Profe and El Inspector are looking around and they're like, holy shit, what's going on over what there? The fuck? That woman, that woman in the white dress that beautiful woman that i've never seen a beautiful woman like this before her she's a vampire she's gorgeous but stop her <laughs> so el inspector blows his cop whistle and tundra turns and she runs and she goes over to the wall she turns off all the lights causing literal chaos like everybody in this party has never seen darkness before because they are like they've never turned off a light switch <laughs> what is dark i sleep with all the lights on what did what how else does one do it what is this that has encompassed us in this room because I cannot handle it and everybody runs <laughs> into the abyss and including Arms Magoo who scoops up Diana and they run out the door and Tundra runs right behind them. El Inspector, El Profe and all the men are running after them too but they stop in their treks when the other two vampire wrestling dudes appear and stand in their way and the cops shoot at them but sorry no dice because guess what remember when the mujer vampiro are Augustus. like Augusto protegenos de los fucking human people so here we are mm-hmm. and of course because we're in a santo movie a full fight ensues everybody's asses are getting kicked by the vampire wrestlers and then once they kick everyone's ass they run arms stretched capes a blowing caftans caftans in the wind <laughs> Elton John's next hit song. <laughs> like a caftan in the wind. <laughs> oh, no. oh, that's terrible. Oh, we're terrible. Sorry, Diana. Uh, we love you. We love you. At the gate, we see that a dope-ass car shows Good up. Car. Who is it? You guessed it. El Santo. And immediatamente, he's, the, the car has barely stopped, and he's already flying out of it and fighting everybody. And they kick and punch and throw and fucking karate chop. And Tundra has left Diana lying down on the ground. And the profe runs over to her, and the inspector and the guys come over to help El Santo, and everybody's fighting and whatever. And the three vampire wrestlers transform into bats and they fly away. Pero El Santo is a fast motherfucker. He gets in that car and he fucking drives after them. Now we're back at the profe's house and he gets a phone call and it's from the inspector. And he's like another couple was attacked outside of the club that the very first couple was attacked at. And so the inspector is like, mira, I think there might be a clue here. Maybe they'll. this is like a place that they're hunting at. Mm. Tomorrow me, Diana, and Jorge are going to go and see what they find at this club. And El Profe, you stay where you are and wait for El Santo's call. And now we're in Sorina's throne room again. And Tundra is getting a straight-up regañada from Sorina. Sorry, Ma. Yeah, she's like, aha, ha vuelto a fracasar. And Tundra's like, mira... I was with your successor. We were so close. And then this motherfucking Santo shows up. Pero mañana, I will get her for sure. Don't worry. And Sorina's like, okay. O me la trae aquí or I'm going to fuck you guys up. (laughs) Or I'm going to fuck you up. And then she turns over (laughs) to two random beautiful vampire women. And she's like, 
mira, like this. And she points her little wand and straight up explodes these two women. A puff of smoke and they <laughs> are dead and gone. They're dead and gone. gone. Those hoes disappear. <laughs> and so she's like, mira, do you want to end up like them bitches? Because you will. I love to also when we get the shot of the women, they kind of like pull up their cloaks like wait really my captain is this really gonna happen and boof and done destroyed the poor women were just minding their business trying to be vampires and then tundra is like a nope but like okay (laughs) please give me another opportunity sorina and sorina's like okay but before i want to see this successor and tundra's like oh of course let's totally we can do that i'll take you to see this lady so now we're at our second wrestling match we see that the opposing wrestler is el enmascarado negro Mm -hmm. and he's in his green room and he's taking a nap that his manager is like don't worry just stay here i'll close the door lock it and you know whatever and through the bathroom window a bat comes in and it's one of the three wrestling vampires and el enmascarado negro wakes up and he's like i'm gonna fight you dude but the vampire wrestler comes over overpowers el enmascarado negro he strangles the shit out of him another like brutal brutal murder and then he just flings his body over his shoulder and takes him into the bathroom now this for me i just have to say this i watched this scene and i thought to myself how many closeted or out gay men in mexico or wherever they were when they saw this movie were incredibly turned on by the sequence because i thought well, this is the beginning of a gay porn right now. Sure. Because first, when the wrestler comes in with his trainer, the trainer kind of massages him very briefly. That absolutely wrestler... does not happen. You've you've added that. Oh, <laughs> my <laughs> gay agenda brain was like, massage? Yes, of sure, of course. But then, you've so the wrestler then... absolutely <laughs> made up a whole other sequence in <laughs> this movie. See? This is what I'm saying. Like, like, how many gay men at the time were like, oh, yeah, this is where the massage was going. But anyway, so then he like... He lays himself down for a little nap in his black tights, and then the the vampire Batman, whatever, comes in, and they stand and just stare at each other for a while, and I thought, well, this is the part where shit starts to go down. So I'm just going to say, aside from like the women looking fabulous in this movie, and now this suggestive gay porn area in this movie... I'm going to start a petition Uh and I'm going to need everybody to sign it Uh because my petition is to just solidify the fact that Santo versus the vampire women is a gay camp classic. I mean, it absolutely is. How can caftans. I, 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 caftans, beautiful women that like if if <laughs> I I have to assume that there's some sort of drag queen in Mexico that was like <gasps> I. Oh my god! Listen, yes. if it hasn't become a like a a gay fucking Halloween costume too of one of one of the men dressed up as Santo and another one as the vampire yeah. women either. Sorina or fucking Tundra, come on. Like it's Sorina and Tundra are both great drag names. Uh, Hello, Sorina Tundra is one great. Sorina Tundra, that's it. That's it. Bam. Uh, You're welcome, (laughs) gay community. Te dimo un fucking drag name, okay? (laughs) Anyways. So, agreed. I will sign your petition. Yes, absolutely. Thank Make you. This a gay My camp. first signature. <laughs> yeah. uh, I'm doing it. Send it to law or whatever it is. I don't know. <laughs> okay. Entonces, vemos que el enmascarado negro's manager walks in back into the green room and he's lying there. Oh, I guess he's fine. Hmm. Mm-hmm. 
So now we're in the ring and people are freaking out about this fight because it's El Enmascarado Negro versus El Enmascarado de Plata, El Santo. Again, the crowd loses their brain for Santo, Santo, Santo. And ding, 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 here we go. The fights start. And there's punches, karate chops, back slaps, slaps to the face, double kicks. Taint grabs. <laughs> Chokeholds. Is that, is that one of them? Taint grabs, sure. <laughs> Chokeholds, slams, <laughs> pins, kickouts. Spine smashers. Sp- spine smashers, elbows to the face, flips, more punches, elbows. At one point, he tries to fucking strangle El Santo. Oof. Who loves to strangle Hello. in this movie? Okay. And shock of shocks, Santo loses the first round of this wrestling match. And he goes over to the to his corner and his manager is like, what's going on? And Santo says, that guy is not El Enmascarado Negro. He's using deadly karate chops. I know. I'm El Santo. And the manager is like, okay, so should I cancel the fight? Should I tell, like, should we end it early? And he's like, no, I'm El Santo y la lucha tiene que continuar. So ding, 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 round two, karate chops, more punches, elbow to the face, slam your back. And the guy grabs El Santo and tries to take Santo's mask off, which we all know. Yes, well, you... You told me this. Yes. You cannot if you're if you're trying to ruin someone's career, you unmask them. So It's like ultimate dishonor, I assume. Absolutely. Huge. Totally. Okay. And, but Santos no bitch, so he fucking flips that motherfucker around <laughs> and he's like, "Guess what? I'm taking your fucking mask off." So he pulls off El Enmascarado's Negro's mask and there's a bat face under there. It fully looks like Wolfman, pero you can tell because he's got a little like piggy snout that looks the way that yeah, bats kind of like look. some bats. Yeah. The crowd is like, "Holy fucking shit. Este hombre es un monstruo, es un murciélago, un lobo. ¿Qué puta es?" The hombre, they freak out. They run out of the fucking thing. But a bunch of cops climb into the ring and we get more fighting, punching, throwing, slapping. And all against this one bat dude, finally, they all pile on top of him. But he turns completely into a bat Mm -hmm. and he flies out from under them. Back at the club, Diana's like, I'm tired. I'm a girl. My nerves. I don't like it. I I want to go home. And um, <laughs> Honestly, is this me at a club? I'm tired. <laughs> me too. My nerves. I'm 40. <laughs> <laughs> so El Inspector and Jorge are like, uh, you need to fucking get your shit together because vampires are trying to kidnap you, bro, and turn you into a vampire queen. You need to stop complaining. Hello. We got to stay here all night. So you need to figure your shit out. At that moment, two bats fly in, and it's Sorina and Tundra. And they sit at a table, and Tundra points out Diana to Sorina. But she stays hidden behind a pillar because, obviously, Diana has already seen Tundra. Mm-hmm. Diana also notices, like, oh, the- there's a woman over there that keeps looking at me. That's weird. She goes over to her purse. She grabs her little hand mirror, and she, like, flips it to reapply lipstick and she looks into the mirror and the reflection of Sorina at the other table appears on her mirror and it's clay face muddy ugly vampire and she's like this is so cool I know this looked great and she's like holy shit and she turns to the inspector mira look in my mirror look at that woman she's made of clay but if you look at her now she looks like a fucking model so what the fuck is going on here and el inspector grabs his whistle and he's like boo 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 and everybody runs everybody freaks out sorina and and uh tundra turn into bats fly away and 
inspector is like, everybody stay alert. They are two women. They look beautiful, but they turn into bats. Sorina turns to Tundra and like behind a wall they've hidden. And she's like, mira, don't you fail. I'm going to go back to the crypta, probably hang out for a little bit. And the three dudes, three wrestling vampire dudes are back and they attack some guards that are still out in the parking lot. And they throw these motherfuckers into a car trunk. El inspector tells Diana, he's like, mira, go home, go with Jorge. And as soon as they're popping her into the car, vienen los three vampire wrestlers and they punch everybody in the face and they cause a ruckus. They <laughs> scoop <laughs> they scoop up Diana and they run. Diana screams and they throw her into the back of a taxi, a random taxi that's there. Tundra had the door open too. She was like holding the door open, ready to, for them to throw her in. And they pop into this car and they drive off, but they leave two of the vampire wrestling dudes behind and they're still fighting all the other guards. Just as the taxi is leaving, exiting the grounds of the club, who's driving in? El fucking santo. And he jumps out hey. again, barely stopping. And he's punching, fighting, flipping a dude over with his legs. Eventually, they all run like the two vampire wrestlers. They run. But El Santo, again, hops into his car, chases them down. One of them hides behind a wall so that El Santo passes him without him seeing. And then he goes to run the other way. But he sees a cross at the top of a building. And he looks at it. He puts his caftan over his face. And then he bursts into flames. For for 1962, and, this effect was awesome. Yeah, him bursting into flames. Absolutely. Very simple, but great like transition effect yeah. into him burning. Yeah. Loved it. So we're down one vampire wrestler dude. Back at the Profe's house, he's still trying to figure out these dang hieroglyphics. And guess what? Lucky us, he discovers right at that moment <laughs> and he pops over to the giant radio and he turns on his TV on the wall and he calls Santo, who's in his car. And uh, Santo grabs his CB radio and he and he's like, Santo respondiendo al Profesor Orloff. And el Profesor Orloff is like, Breaker, Breaker, one nine. These are where the mujeres vampiro are at. This is their lair. And el Santo's like, great. Thanks for the info. On my way. Over and out. Click. So Santo goes into this bosque where uh, El Profe Orloff sent him to, which is where the castle is. And he sees the castle in the hill. Inside, we see that the two leftover vampire wrestlers are holding down Diana. And in the throne room, Sorina is weak and the sun is almost up. Mm. And she's like, Apurate, brother, porque mira, ya se me va a terminar. Ya, ya, this is it. I'm almost rooting for the vampire women because they look so fabulous. I mean, how can you not? <laughs> Entonces, El Santo enters the castle. He sees the portrait of Rebecca and suddenly he hears Diana screaming and he follows the sound and he goes into the room where the slabs are at. Pero la tundra is there. And she lowers these two cell walls around him and she traps Santo into this little space. But then we see that they've brought him down to a slab also and he's shackled next to Diana and they're just punching him in the face. They're like, what the smash, fuck? smash, smash. Meanwhile, the sun is almost up and Sorina is pressed. That bitch is like, a ver, Por favor. dame mi successor, bro. And she sends some of the mujeres vampiro up to tell Tundra Apurate, brother. And so they do, and they lift their arms and their caftans up to the sky so that Tundra can see that the sun is almost up. And Tundra's like, finally, let's see who's under this mask. And they go to lift El Santo's <sighs> fucking mask off. But 
the sun shines through the little window and burns up the vampire women and Tundra, she goes over to a couch, lays beautifully upon it. Like literally it's a Vogue cover and then she bursts into Annie flames. Annie Leibovitz is present and she is snapping pics as poor Tundra just gets engulfed in flames. You look fabulous. You, you look, look fabulous. Listen, a little to the left. And just move that flame from your hair. Yes. Oh, gorgeous. So, so Tundra has been burnt to a crisp. El Santo breaks free and has one last fight with the two vampire wrestler dudes. And he pushes them into the sunlight. They burst into flames. And then Santo grabs a torch. He runs down into the catacombs where the beautiful Mujeres Vampiros have returned to their hideous, ugly clay state. Mm. And they run back into their coffins. And Santo sets them all ablaze outside the castle. The profe and the men are driving up to this area to see if Santo has saved poor Diana. And here he comes down the hill holding her, carrying her in his arms. Santo drops her down in front of her dad. He pops into his car. He waves a little goodbye and drives the fuck away. Like, doesn't say a dang thing. Ya me voy. Adios. Me voy. Thanks. Thanks. Bye. Payment? Something like that? I don't think so. He does it for the good of the land. And uh, (laughs) the prophet says, Dios lo bendiga. And Diana asks, ¿Quién es papá? And the prophet says, Nadie lo sabe. No one will ever know. Pero in this time, when the evil of men brings their own destruction, él estará siempre al servicio del bien y la justicia. Fin de la película. Fabulous job. Let's get into some trivia. Yes. Okay, so this is my trivia for today. This is from Wikipedia. It says here, Although the previous Santo films hadn't been successful at the box office, producer Alberto Lopez had engaged Santo in an exclusive contract for a series of four films. He attempted to raise the production value for this film, hiring respected cinematographer Jose Ortiz Ramos and composer Raul Lavista for this picture, and I believe these like four films. And you can feel that Abs- in this you movie, where it just you can totally see and feel that it feels like they made it like they it just seemed a touch more legit. Yeah, you know what I mean. Better produced. Yes. This was the first Santo film to receive significant international attention, and in addition to its release in the United States, it also played at the 1965 Festival of San Sebastián in Spain. Amazing. So just kind of going off of this uh, Wikipedia thing, I found another Wikipedia thing. It's very brief about Raúl Lavista, who was the composer for this movie. Uh Uh-huh. He was born on Halloween. Hey! On in ha- <laughs> Halloween 1913. Unfortunately, he died October 19th, 1980. He was a Mexican composer of film scores. La Vista worked prolifically during the golden age of Mexican cinema and was credited on more than 300 different productions. God and when damn. you look, I mean, goddamn. When you look at his Wikipedia, and I'm sure IMDb too, it's just like movie after list, fucking list, movie, list. movie, 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 <laughs> movie. I don't really recognize them, but I mean, this man worked. worked. <laughs> so nice job. Good La for Vista. you, La Vista. May you yeah, rest. Man. So I just wanted to also talk about Lorena Velázquez, who played Sorina. Sorina, correcto? correcto. Yes. So she was born December 15th of 1937, I believe, 
She is still alive, which is wonderful. Go, girl. You go. (laughs) She is a Mexican actress and former beauty pageant title holder. So she was born Maria de la Concepción Lorena Villar in Mexico City. Velázquez debuted in 1955, and I think that means she debuted. Like, that must be like a pageant pageantry thing. Sure, sure, sure. She competed in Miss Mexico in 1958 and placed second. Good job. Afterwards, she was appointed Miss Mexico 1960, although she refused to represent Mexico in the Miss Universe pageant. This was from Wikipedia, by the way. Mm -hmm. And I thought, that's where it ended. And I was like, well, why? Why did she refuse? That sounds... Like saucy, yeah, juicy. Yeah, yeah. Like what, what, what happened? Give us the tea. Yeah, what's the tea, Wikipedia? What the fuck? You're leaving me hanging <laughs> like this? So I found this article from, get ready for it, angelfire.com. Oh my God. Welcome back to 1994. <laughs> 96. Uh, wow, here we Angel are at Fire. angelfire.com. I don't know who wrote this. I apologize. So it says here that... Lorena was elected to represent Mexico City by the ANDA Association of Artists, okay, in Miss Mexico 1957. But when Spanish Irma Arevalo won, Lorena claimed that Irma wasn't Mexican and that it wasn't fair for all the delegates who were born in Mexico. Okay. Oh. Oh, damn, girl. Oh, yeah. All right. In 1960, there was no pageant held, so the Miss Mexico organization selected Lorena to represent Mexico at the Miss Universe pageant. However, at that time, Lorena was already a sex symbol and a, fa- and a famous actress thanks to her beauty seen in the 1957 edition of uh, one of these pageants. Mm-hmm. Therefore, a few days before... Uh, Miss Universe, she declined her title and Mexico did not have any representation at all. Because of this incident, there was no pageant until 1965. Wow. Which I'm just going to say is pretty badass. Yeah, it is. She's like, she was like she's Spanish. She ain't Mexican. She's from saying, this is Miss Mexico? Yeah. Like, what Hello? are we doing? So, uh, you, I don't know. I'm just like, okay. That's pretty. That's pretty ferocious. Yeah, girl. Uh, and very, very quickly, I wanted to, to to talk about Roman Juarez, who was the maquillista for this movie. It says it in the credits. He was the makeup artist. Yeah. I just wanted to mention his name. I looked him up. I couldn't find anything about this person. But the makeup in this film was so good. Those women. So good. So fucking good. So I just wanted to mention. Roman Juarez did the makeup, and he fucking nailed it. Way to so go, Roman that Juarez. That is my trivia for today. Lovely. I am going to very quickly also say something about this movie that um, I said earlier. It was brought to the U.S., and they changed Santo's name to Samson, but it was brought by the dude who we talked about in uh, Santa Claus called K. Gordon Murray, who was mm. a distributor of Mexican films in the U.S. He was kind of not... Mm, a little shady. He was kind of a little shady, but like Santo versus Vampire Women was one of the four Santo films that were dubbed and brought to the uh, U.S. by him. Uh-huh. I just thought it was really interesting in this movie that they brought up nuclear energy and I found a a random PDF, (laughs) a random PDF uh, called The History of Nuclear Energy on energy, www.energy.gov. And um, it's literally a little book and it tells you, like it gives you year by year 
what the nuclear energy was going on. So I looked up uh-huh. the 60s just to see like what the fuck was going on in those years. Yeah, yeah. So uh, just a few little dates. In 1959, on October 15th, the Dresden One nuclear power station in Illinois was the first U.S. nuclear plant built entirely without government funding, and it achieves Dude. a self-sustaining Ooh. nuclear reaction, which is Terrifying. very scary. Just like a guy in his backyard <laughs> building nuclear shit. Like, like what the fuck? Yeah. Uh, in 1960, August 19th, the third U.S. nuclear power plant, Yankee Row Nuclear Power Station, achieves a self-sustaining nuclear reaction. So, like, it's just like a bunch of people just self-sustaining nuclear shit. Okay, guys, what are you doing? Because I, because I feel like it. Yeah. Yeah. In the early 1960s, small nuclear power generators are first used in remote areas to power weather stations and to light buoys for sea navigation. So here's just like a floating nuclear bomb. Just full radiation. These fish are like, what the fuck are you doing to us? Why do I have a third eye in my face now? (laughs) Fucking The Simpsons style. Like, what the fuck? Oh, my God. Um, in the year 1961, on November 22nd, the U.S. Navy commissions the world's largest ship, the USS Enterprise, Star Trek, I think. Oh. Mm-hmm. It's a nuclear-powered aircraft carrier with the ability to operate at speeds up to 30 knots for distances up to 400,000 miles, which is 740,800 kilometers without refueling. Wow. So, you know, there's a couple things that is going on in the, this is mostly the U.S., but like, you know, Mm -hmm. things that are happening amongst the nuclear energy people. Sure. Now I'm going to talk quickly about two fabulous women in this film. Also, uh, I'm going to talk about Maria Duval, who played Diana, and this is from her Wikipedia. She was born on August 2nd, 1937. She's a Mexican actress and singer who has worked in film, television, and the stage. And she's one of the stars of the golden age of Mexican cinema. She made her film debut in the musical Melodías Inolvidables in 1959, an experience she later described as a great emotion. I feel like that was probably una grande emoción instead of great mm. emotion. And that's not the same yeah, yeah, translated. Yeah. It's different. And that it's her favorite memory of her entire career. And she once said that m- the musicals are her favorite film genre. She played uh, romantic interests in several movies like Barridos y Regados y Cada Quien Su Lucha y La Cigüeña Distraída. She finished her film career in the 1970s with the Blue Demon vehicle La Mafia Amarilla. She also worked in some television productions in the 80s, which were with Teresa Velasquez, who was actually mm. Lorena Velasquez's mom. Ooh, um, it's all is... connected. I love it. And her last appearance was in a telenovela called Maria Jose, which was a very popular novela. Right, right, right. If I might add uh, here just very quickly that I looked her up on YouTube because it said on her Wikipedia, like she released singles and music so i found a song of hers called todo y nada on youtube it's a beautiful beautiful ballad i highly recommend looking up maria duval 
Tolo y Nada on YouTube and just listen to her dulcet tones. Lovely. It does say here on her Wikipedia that the genres she used to sing in were boleros and rancheras, mm. which are both beautiful uh, style of music. Lovely. So get to it. Uh, I also very quickly want to say she was also in the movie The Life of Agustin Lara, which will come into play right now when I talk about Ofelia <laughs> Montesco. So Ofelia Montesco, a.k.a. Tundra, the stellar mm. performance of Tundra. Her full name is Ofelia Irene Grabowski Edery. She was born in Iquitos, Peru. Hello, Maligno. Maligno. On the 10th of September. And uh, she is known artistically as Ofelia Montesco. She was a Mexican actress of Peruvian origin, obvi, if she was mm -hmm. born in Iquitos. She was a star of film and television in Mexico, and she's remembered by her beauty and talent and all her acting performances in various telenovelas and movies. She was a gran diva del cine mexicano, <laughs> which I love. Absolutely, she was. Yeah. Her family is of uh, Jewish origin. Her father was Polish with Ashkenazi Jewish uh, heritage. Her mom was French Sephardic, and they both mm. immigrated from Tangiers, Morocco. Wow. Ophelia studied in El Colegio Rosa de America in Lima and was then uh, moved on to study theater, and she also participated in El Concurso La Más Bella del Perú, which obviously if she wow. didn't win... You're fucked because she should have. Absolutely. In 1958, she visited Mexico and she met Mexican producer Gregorio Wallerstein, uh, who invited her to participate in movies, basically. Nice. She debuted in a very small role in the movie Sube y Baja with the absolute legendary icon Cantinflas. Wow. And that's when she became a Mexican citizen. And then soon later, she got the starring role of La Mariposa, who was the muse of Agustin Lara in the movie La Vida de Agustin Lara, which Maria Duval was also in. Love that. Yeah. Amazing. So these three women are connected. Yeah. They were probably totally. just like pals hanging out. I love it. Sadly, Ophelia died of stomach cancer in 1983, she was only 46 years old, which Jeez, is so young. That's rough. She is sorely missed. What a beautiful May woman. she rest. May she rest. And very quickly, I just want to give a shout out to Black Shadow, who played El Enmascarado Negro in this movie. Alejandro Cruz Ortiz, born May 3rd, uh, 1921. Taurus. Way to go, dude. Was a Mexican <laughs> luchador known worldwide as Black Shadow. Cruz's mask versus mask match against El Santo in uh. 1952 is generally considered one of the most important matches in the history of Lucha Libre. Wow. What year did you say? 1952. Wow. Yeah. Amazing. Cruz often teamed with Blue Demon working as a tag team called Los Hermanos Shadow, even though the two were not really related. <laughs> He was nicknamed El Hombre de Goma, translated as the rubber man, due to his elasticity and flexibility in the ring. I was going to say, was he very flexible? I wow. guess so. Cruz's original ambition was to be a musician, but because he lacked the talent to earn a living from it, he turned into professional oh, no. wrestling. <laughs> Is this Wikipedia? Yes. 
Oh my, wow, okay. He had been a lifelong fan of professional wrestling and began training for a professional career in 1941. Listen, he was really successful, so it worked. It worked out, man. Yeah. His innovative, high-flying style that incorporated moves off the top rope was something not many wrestlers used at the time and ensured he would work in the main event shows throughout the 1950s and 60s. Uh, He had to retire in 1981 due to ailing health. In 2001, Black Shadow was inducted in the Wrestling Observer Newsletter Hall of Fame for his contributions to professional wrestling. And he died on March 8th, 2007 at the age of 85 in Mexico City after suffering from pneumonia. May he rest. May he rest. And that's the end of my trivia. Love it. You want to answer some questions for me? Yes, I do. Eileen. Were you scared? Not really. <laughs> nah. 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 They're just, these movies aren't scary. There were moments that I was surprised were creepy because I was expecting yeah. to, to be like Los Monstros, which was cheesy. But there was there were moments of like, oh, okay, this is genuinely kind of mm-hmm. creepy. But no, not really scared. Yeah, you're not scared, but you, you're given great, wonderful, spooky, haunted housey creep vibes in this movie for sure what was your best scare the face in the mirror the face that she looks and then the fucking exorcist face (laughs) uh i love that one so much i'm gonna give this one to right at the top when the coffin slowly oh there's a coffin opening sequence when tundra is first i believe it's tundra Tundra. at that point she's first revealed but in her like gross hideous form with her all frazzled frizzled hair yeah her, you know, mud mask on <laughs> and her eyes are closed and they like slowly creep open. Very creepy. Loved it. So yeah. I'm going to give it to that one. Who was your favorite character? The fucking Tundra, dude. Tundra all day, 100%. Man. Ophelia Montesco. It's gotta be Tundra. Listen, they told so us good. it was going to be a stellar performance and, and they, they didn't were lie. correct. <laughs> they were correct. She was so goddamn good. Yeah. What was your best line? 2,400 lunas han pasado por las tierras. <laughs> I just love that description of passing of time. Delectable. Yeah. So good. ¿Y tú? Mine was Sorina's line, Has vuelto a fracasar. <laughs> I, it's so short and ridiculous, but I love the word fracasar. It's great. It's just so good. She delivers it with everything it needs. I mean, I just love it. You failed. You failed mm-hmm. again to mm-hmm. Has vuelto a fracasar. That feels yeah. like a punch in the Oof. gut. Absolutely. Yes. What was your best death? Uh, when he strang- when the uh, vampire wrestler comes into El Shadow's or El Enmascarado Negro's fucking room and strangles the shit out of him because he's like, hold- they hold that shot. You don't really see the strangling. You just see the man like with his arms mm-hmm. on top of someone. It's dark. Yeah. I give it to the same sequence, which I lovingly call the gay porn slash gay agenda <laughs> sequence. That is definitely the one. And then he massages <laughs> him. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's dark. After death. Oh, no. Oof, that's, that's terrible. No. Uh, did you learn anything about the culture? Not really. No. I always learn a little bit about wrestling from you. Sure. I guess that's not specific to the, it's specific to wrestling culture, maybe not Mexican culture. Well, right. I mean, I mean, it's a big part of. Lucha Libre is. You know? Yeah. Yeah, it's huge. So. Ah, pero, you know, 
nah. Yeah. And finally, how many ooies are you going to give this movie? Um, I'm going to give this movie three ooies mm-hmm. just because A, it's so much fun. B, I think like in comparison to Los Monstruos, they're actually, it felt very uh, uh, well made and it felt mm-hmm. creepy enough and like actual horror elements that kind that landed genuinely. Um, I think it's hilarious that Santo is in it for like maybe thirty minutes. Like it's not. <laughs> this even... <laughs> is almost not a Santo movie. Basically, yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> it gave me okay. This is how I felt. It it was like if Dracula the the Dracula that we saw mm-hmm. and Esqueleto de de la Señora Morales had a baby yes. and then they just threw fucking uh el santo in there to have some a wrestling time. in there yeah so i think it's it's got that golden age of mexico cinema yeah. of mexican cinema vibe to it which feels really great and then the fact that there's wrestling in there is just so much fun for me so i'm giving it three yeah ¿Y tú? i am also going to give this movie three uis uyuyuy <laughs> i listen you got Santo. You've got, yeah, even though it's brief, you've got fabulous vampire women who deliver their lines with pizzazz and panache. <laughs> they look so fucking good. Mm. It's it it's actually got cool, spooky, old school, creepy haunted house vibes. Yeah, I love the muscly men in caftans. I it's a delight. You should absolutely definitely watch, watch this, this movie. Yeah. You will have such a good time. Another and, one on the list of like put it at a party and have it play in the background because it'll and be and somebody fun. will be like what, what is the this? fuck is going like, on what's here what's going on back there yeah. yeah I mean I it just there are so many more Santo movies to go and I know we'll you know we'll wait to get to to more pero yeah every time we watch one I, I, it's just it's a delight yeah. I can't wait to continue to explore them so for sure three ooies from the gang at Uike Horror. Way to go, Santo. You're a fucking legend. <laughs> you are. Let's um let's pop out of the squared circle right now. My muscles are sore. <laughs> I need a massage from my manager. Uh, <laughs> thank you so much uh, to everyone to be for being here with us. Uh, we appreciate your listenership. Make sure and subscribe, rate, and review. Follow us on our redes sociales at Uike Horror on Instagram and Twitter. Uh, you can also send us an email at uikiorror at gmail.com. Follow our network, Sonoro, who is very cool and nice to us. They have great content for your ear holes at Sonoro Podcast on Instagram and Twitter. And um, listen, next time you see a CB radio, go ahead and breaker breaker one nine to El Santo yeah. and hope that he shows up to fight slap and elbow someone in the face for you. And please don't forget to sign my petition <laughs> to turn Santro contra las mujeres vampiro into the gay camp classic that it is. <laughs> this is the fourth time that you've said Santro. <laughs> Santro? Did I fucking say Santro? You have said Santro, Santro four different listen, times. Santro contra. Wow. Santro contra. This, take a Spanish lesson, Jonathan. <laughs> Uh, yes, absolutely. Sign my petition. Please sign Johnny's <laughs> petition. It's necessary to put this in the in the pantheon of films that belong mm-hmm. to the, the gay can- community. The- <laughs> God damn it. The lexicon. The lexicon. Yes. Uh <laughs> And again, the only person I ever want to wrestle and pretend to be a lady vampire with is with you, Johnny. I (laughs) fucking love you. I fucking love you, too. And we'll see you guys in la próxima semana. Adios. Adios. Adios.
sonó. 